Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. It is the podcast that I like to think of as the cheapest therapy you could ever get your hands on, at least it's therapy for me, Joe Elvin, and our co-host, James Williams. It's Is It Just Me, the podcast where we debate all sorts of spurious nonsense, but with the importance and the gravitas that we feel it so rightly deserves. Isn't that right, James? Absolutely. Although I, should, I think we should caveat this, is that you and I are in no way uh, qualified to give out any kind of actual real-life advice. That's just not even true. Everything I say is good and correct and life advice to live by. But in case you are in doubt about that, we do have, we're joined today by a wonderful expert in all matters of anything you could possibly think. She's the queen of the jungle for crying out loud. She's a writer, presenter, broadcaster, and all round good egg. It's Georgia Toff Toffolo. God, I sound epic coming from you. I know what well, you are epic. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, if, so nice if you me. were if you were two hundred percent epic, you probably wouldn't have time to do this podcast. So we'll we'll go with one hundred and ninety eight percent epic. Oh, Thank you for divine. joining us. Just be here. <laughs> what fun! Yeah, we hope so. We hope you'll have fun. Are you having fun generally in life? <laughs> yes. I mean, God, I had a mega piss up over the weekend and it wasn't illegal. I did it with friends, sat outside. It's just been the most glorious week. I'm thrilled. Life's coming back. Isn't it great, though? I think that it's been really nice to to come back to appreciating the little things. Now it's amazing what the, the, the tiny things we can get excited about all over again. Oh, completely. I mean, I had a one and a half hour slot over the weekend and I thought, you know, I'd won the lottery. I mean, back in the glory days before the pandemic, I'd be like, are you joking? I'm not moving off that bloody table after 90 minutes. You have your yeah. Anyway, I'm lining up. I'm there 20 minutes early. You know, I'm doing everything they tell me to. I'm the most, I am the COVID rule. Like I adhere to them because obviously I'm so scared of never having a table ever again at my local. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And so what what who were you joined by and what and what did you eat? What did you have? I'm always so, interested in everyone's meals. 
Yeah, we had a proper girls' day. So we were out in full force. Um, and we actually started off, we went to Radio Rooftop. Um, we went and we had loads of mini sliders. It was just amazing. And then we plonked on back to Chelsea and carried on outside of the local. <laughs> <laughs> plonked on back to Chelsea. So not everyone can say that. And, and George, can I ask, how, how does your, how's your tolerance? Do you find it uh, after lockdown, maybe you can't quite drink as much or were you just straight back in where you left off? I still drink like a trooper. Nothing's changed. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I didn't, I didn't stop yeah. drinking in lockdown. In Neither. fact, I probably need to have a word with myself. I probably need to sort of like get back to polite levels. Yeah. But, but, did, but did you find that, I mean, I don't know, this is just this is just me, but I did find, I saw some friends for a couple of hours on um, Saturday and I got home and I was absolutely exhausted. I think I'm so not in the sort of, you know, frame of mind to be social. I forgot how tiring it can be just being on. So true. I felt exactly the same. And I'm a real social bunny. Like I love being with my friends. And I felt really similar on Saturday night. I thought, God, I'm not doing that again tomorrow. Whereas on <laughs> Friday afternoon, I was like, right, I'm going out every minute of every waking second of this weekend. But no, I completely agree with you. We're just a bit out of practice, aren't we? We're, we're determined to put the hours in and we'll get back up to our punching weight again. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's going on with you, Georgia? You, you've got a, a new book coming out or is out? Yeah, so gosh, it's been a really busy time for me book-wise. So my first um, novel came out, so I've never written fiction before until a couple of years ago. And the first book was called Meet Me in London that came out last October, which I'm so proud of. And then we went on to Hawaii. So the second book came out last month. Um, it's called Meet Me in Hawaii, quite aptly. And the stories are just, they're amazing. I, I think because I've always wanted to write fiction, but it's always been, I've just been a bit embarrassed. I never thought I was really good enough. So. When I finally got the opportunity to, they paired me up with this amazing co-author and she just said, why don't you write about what you know? And I said, well, I know about growing up in Devon and having lots of girlfriends and falling in love and loving all of the stuff like that. So fine, okay, sit down and write it. Come back in a month. And that's how it started. So the books are about four young girls from Devon, much like me. And each book is centralised on one of the different girlies. Um, but yeah, I'm so proud of them. And it's been amazing writing and it's really kept me going throughout the past year. How does it work? Um, how, how do you sort of balance the creative tensions if you have a co-author? Yeah, it's quite tricky. I mean, before, because every single bit of the storyline was all me. So there was never any, and it had to be really, really well planned because HarperCollins, was, they were very good with me. They agreed. But I really wanted the books to be able to be read out of sequence. So yeah. storyline wise, obviously, that's really, really tricky to make sure that you know enough if you start with book four and go backwards, they're still as enjoyable as if you went from book one to four. Um, so storyline wise, there were never any tensions because, you know, it was all set in stone before she even came on board. I have a different co-author for each book and I love that because what I've learned from all of the different co-authors was really, really varied. There, we haven't had any clashes. We just have like yeah. a shared word document. I would say, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty even in the amounts that we do. But sometimes, you know, I'll, I just will have writer's block and I'll be like, oh my God, I, I don't know what to write about this. Exhibit A for me, I have written the books for Mills and Boone, is the sex scenes. They don't oh, wow. I didn't know bit. that. <laughs> yeah, I've written them for Mills and Boone. So obviously they had to be a little bit spicy. Because that, that's, like, you know, they don't, they don't just know. let anyone do that. That's actually really hard to do. Yeah, it is hard. I really needed support with it. Because like, all I kept on thinking was like, my mum or my granny is going to read this. You don't want it to be like... Fifty Shades of Grey. You don't want it to be too vanilla. Um, so having a co-author with stuff like that was just amazing. 
And so who was in charge on your Mills and Boone book of um, naming, you know, the male anatomy? Because I'm always tickled oh. by the different names that come up for those oh, things. Oh, I'm dying. So we had a meeting, I remember it really clearly, it was like early 2019, and the central messaging of the meeting was to kind of nail down what we were going to call the woo and the, you know, the willies. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> and, um, <laughs> at the time, my two managers were two young men, and they were sat in this boardroom at Half Collins HQ. And I just remember looking at them thinking, is this really what you planned out when you went into talent management? Like sat with a load of middle-aged women and me talking about whether to call it a cock or a whatever. <laughs> oh my God, that's a, a love shaft. That's my favorite, I think. God, that's a good one. <laughs> Have you not heard that before? That's a staple of all, all, all the 70s porn books I found I in my mum's drawer. It. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to have a resurgence. It's having a big comeback. So do you have like a whiteboard with like, no, we've overused that one. We can't say love pump anymore. It's like that that didn't test very well in focus groups. It's always in the emails and they're really formal emails. And because I've just got such a stupid like gutter sense of humour, I find stuff like that absolutely hilarious. My poor editor's trying to be so serious and CCing in all the correct people. I just think it's really funny. But yeah, the sex scenes are always a bit, bit tricky. I've got doing the audio book. I cannot put into words how fucking horrendous <laughs> it was. And like, there's this chat that does. So, so you, so me. you did the, you did the audio for Mills and Boone. No, I do all of them. my own books. Yeah. yeah, I do all of them. So, and I always get all hot and bothered when the scene's coming, and it's, it's this really nice young guy, and I don't fancy him at all. But when the, because obviously he's having to edit it word by word. And sometimes you stumble and you've got to go back again. And I'm getting redder and more hot and bothered. And it's just the most awkward thing. And I've got to do it twice more because I've got two more books coming out. <laughs> and oh, but, oh, is, it, is it just you and him in a room when you're reading out yeah. this? Oh my God, that yeah. is awkward. That, it's I never... so awkward. I bet it's more awkward for him. <laughs> no, because that was the problem. He was like, why did you feel so weird about it? And I'm thinking, why are you so normal? Like, <laughs> Oh my god! This this could be the plot of a new book. That you know that the, 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 the heat the heat generated when you have to stand in a booth and say all of this stuff. <laughs> the modern Mills and Boone woman, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you could get me a job at Mills and Boone? Sorry, I think you'd be so. <laughs> I've got so that. many adjectives, Toff. So many. <laughs> <laughs> And so, Tom, you find, is the is the writing then? I think writing is one of those things, you know, because obviously Joe and I are, are, are journalists and stuff. And, you know, I do find if you don't do it um, regularly, you can lose huge amounts of confidence with it. It really is something you need to keep flexing. And is that something, if you said you weren't sure you were, you could do it, but now have you found you've really grown in confidence in the last couple of yeah, years? Yeah, 100%. I've, yeah, I've always been quite a confident writer. I've always written a lot. Um, but mine were more, I could bang out, you know, a satirical diary column with my eyes closed and find it really easy. And particularly if I was ever writing about current affairs or anything topical. But of course, with fiction, it's complete make-believe. And I never, ever thought that I had learned that craft enough, particularly to put together, you know, an 80,000-word book. Um, and I really agree with you. I, I, over the past couple of years, I've, I've explored so many different formulas as to how it works. Because obviously, I'm a bit of a slasher. I've got so much going on, whether it's Instagram or telly or whatever. I found that actually two hours a day was a lot better than me, let's say, booking a week off my normal work and going off and doing like a writer's retreat or whatever. Um, so little and often, I really agree with you, works. Um, and actually, I just, I feel not silly, but I was a bit foolish for not maybe exploring this earlier because I know I can do it. Mm. Um, and I think, I wonder whether because of maybe who I am, I didn't want it to be a total flop and everyone's kind of laugh at me. Um, 
at least I can share responsibility with my co-author now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the thing that I mean, writing is um, it's so exposing, isn't it? That and that's mm. how it feels. That's why I've never written fiction. I just I don't think I'm wired to do it. And I yeah, I'd just be I don't I know. I, I could never get over myself enough to do it. I think. I so understand. I know. Yeah. I know. And then I re- you read it a billion times and you just think it's that load of rubbish. And it's so lovely to have someone that says, no, it's actually you can do it. Um, yeah. But I, to answer your initial question, going into, I'm about halfway through the fourth book now, you cannot compare the first to the fourth, you know, with my confidence and the way that I put yeah. to paper. You know, it's been a really amazing experience. I hope that, you know, maybe it will continue, whether it's with Mills and Boone or whoever, um, because it's just been such an amazing thing. And also for me, I do, I don't struggle with anxiety and stress as such, but what I do is quite stressful, like you guys write. And this gives me a bit of a refuge to just kind of do my own thing and be creative. Yeah. And I haven't had that since I left school. Well, also I think and you and can you see these being made into like TV or film? Or I, I always, yeah. whenever I read a book, I'm always like imagining the film. A hundred percent. I mean, particularly with Meet Me in London, it's so enchanting. And I think obviously because it's where I live, I can actually see what could be done if it was turned into a film. Um, but God, wouldn't that be, that would be the dream. Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen. And so, so both books, Meet, Meet Me in London and Meet Me in Hawaii are both out now. And both then out when, now, yeah. And in terms of the next two then, Toph, when, when are they due? Yeah, yeah where else so, are we going? Yeah, we're off to Tahiti. We're going off to Tahiti, which oh. is quite exciting. So Tahiti's out in the autumn. What I love is, it was actually my idea, and I don't know why Milton Bean hadn't done it before, because it's quite common, but um, the first two chapters of the next book are always at the back of the previous book so you can read the first two chapters of meet me in Tahiti and meet me in Hawaii that has just come out so it gives you a bit of a taste um but obviously you get to know all the characters because it's a continuation um but yeah I'm really proud of them as you can probably tell and would, it be, <laughs> would it be quite emotional Toph when you've when you finish the fourth if you're in the middle of the fourth one now I mean I guess you're gonna have to yeah. finish fairly soon is that, are you kind of prepared to say goodbye to the characters and the whole sort of experience no no I hope that it continues I really do I don't know whether they're all gonna have to have babies and then we'll have to do 25 years on I mean whatever I would move the world to continue because the storylines that we've written in it they're quite gritty for a Mills and Boone. They cover really important topics. Um, my third book is actually surrounding a girlie who, who is in a wheelchair. And I think, you know, having a heroine who is in a wheelchair is so fucking cool. And I think her story, it definitely doesn't end after, you know, Meet Me in Tahiti. So, yeah, God, that would be the dream. I do fancy a little bit now that I've got the bug. I wouldn't mind. I wonder whether this is off the thumping success of Rich Mo- Richard Osmond's Thursday Murder Club. But I wouldn't mind doing something a bit crime maybe I don't know like a murder mystery in Westminster or sexy crime do sexy crime yeah, yeah like sexy bonking yeah. crime <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and, and presumably the books are available everywhere Toph we can get them in the bookshops the, the bookshops are open yeah, again oh. they are go and have yeah. a browse you yeah. can get them in all the big supermarkets Waterstones um, Amazon everywhere you know WH Smith Fantastic. Fabulous. Well, yeah. We are ha- well, obviously we, we got you now here for the real main event. You yeah. were some serious debating of some very silly things. How exciting. <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> Shall I kick things off with a very random one this week, everyone? Do it. <laughs> you okay. you do you. Us. I'm gonna yeah. yeah. I've realized I've developed a weird quirk uh where I feel like is it just me that is incapable of doing a, a, the dishes all in one go. 
as in like I seem to always leave like a mug or a pan I don't I, I can't ever just do it all and then leave and clean it all in one go I always but why I don't know I'm really worried it's saying something about a how boring my life is that I feel like I need to eke out the really mundane experience of washing up dishes or maybe just the fact that yeah I just have there's not much going on so I think oh I'll save that for later like it's some weird treat do you <laughs> enjoy it um, <laughs> Do you know what, Tom? I feel about cleaning. I think it's cleaning is like a few things. I think it's a bit like you're not going to the gym. You're, the, the idea beforehand is much worse than the reality of it. So I always think, oh, I hate cleaning. It's so boring. And then when I actually do it, I'm like, oh, actually, this is all right. And it's nowhere near as bad. So I wouldn't say I'm not like a clean freak at all. Uh, so you know, it's not like I'm. Although I've just admitted that I'm, in, I'm using washing up as, in, as entertainment. I think it says a lot. Tom is shaking her head because she just doesn't know what words are coming out of your mouth right now. I don't get it. I can't relate at all. Is it just me who has avoided cleaning her whole life? Yeah, that's me. Is it safe to say you're not a domestic goddess then, Toph? Darling, I am no domestic goddess. I am the complete opposite. You're just a goddess. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Drop the domestic part. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I, I reckon I have honestly successfully avoided doing any like major household chores. If I'm really pushed, I'd put something in the dishwasher, but I don't. I never turn it on. Are you one of those? Are you one of those sly bastards who, when forced to do something, does it so spectacularly, horrendously badly that no one will ever ask you to do it again? (laughs) So me. It's the biggest pass ag move. It's yeah. so me. I remember when I, I mean, I went off, to, I went to boarding school when I was 13. I didn't do anything then. My my best friend, she's still my best friend now. I used to have, I've got to dig out a picture of our old dorm. There was my shit absolutely everywhere. And we used to have this matron who would come in and shout. So I'd get it all and I'd flatten it on my bed. We used to have these tiny little single beds. It'd all be in a big line of all of my clothes. <laughs> and I would just perfectly put the duvet over the top. And when I needed it, I'd come out and, and rip it off. So that was when I was at school. When I, when I was 18, I moved into a house in London. I did absolutely nothing. It was a pigsty. We had mice, we had rats. It was so ah! bad. Honestly, it was so bad. I remember them running around in the roof. It was so horrendous. Um, but even then, I wouldn't touch it because it was so gross. It was like beyond, of, of course, I can possibly deal with that mess even the rats were grossed down yeah yeah, I know and then I just think that I've made myself work so hard that I have a really wonderful housekeeper I'm not even ashamed (laughs) to say it like I I love paying my housekeeper to do the things that I just I'm not very good at and she's amazing so does she come every day she comes four times a week yeah oh that is the dream but so do you leave her enough shitstorm to sort out (laughs) back she comes so often like I actually do love my house being really really wonderful and clean and tidy it's just not <laughs> my bad you don't do it I know and like everyone my friends always say oh Georgia you're so lazy I'm like well yeah I might be but it's just not my thing I agree I think if there's things in life that you don't like doing and you can yeah. afford and essentially you, you are paying somebody to do it you're getting somebody a job she's been with me for five years now she's yeah. the most special person in my okay life. so she keeps coming back so you don't have to keep like you know you don't have them running out in despair and having to no, hire a new one I've every never, three weeks yeah never 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 she's never left me she is honestly and her mummy and her, her sister come when she's not around and well, it is sorry. just Georgia, is she going to be basically like, you know, like Magda was to Miranda in Sex and the City, where she ended up being like nanny godmother to their children? Yeah. Is that just going to yeah. happen to your housekeeper? And the plan is, hopefully one day I'll earn so much that I can only have her myself and she can live with me. <laughs> that would be my life's long dream. 
Yeah, I mean, my my dream, and some people think it's a dreadful, it, it's really appalling that I have this dream, but my dream is to have a butler. Oh, yeah, why not? I just think why it would not? be amazing. How much do you think a butler costs? Georgia, you'll know this. How much are butlers? Yeah, good point. I don't know whether it's a dying breed. I don't know. Is there an agency? I reckon butlers would There must be, right? Butler. Because, Jay, don't you yeah. think the sweet spot is when you've got an ex-royal household butler? Like that would be well. So you see now, the, it's like you're talking to the Aussie commoner here. That is like, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, so you could just go on Gumtree then, Joe. But they'd be so expensive. Well, if they're an ex-royal butler, do you think something happened where they're sort of like disgraced and can't be a royal butler anymore? But they'd be good enough for me. Paul Burrell, Exhibit A. I know. I know. I couldn't be doing with that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think he would. Celeb quicker than you can say. Where's yeah, I don't think he would too. like me. If you've been Diana's butler, I don't. I think Diana's ruined you for all other, you well, know. But Joe, I always think you're quite domesticated. But it, what, what's the one job you literally cannot bring yourself to do? Is the one that you're like, like you know, Georgia says she doesn't do any of it. That's fair enough. But is there one thing you like? Oh, I really can't do that. It's my most low gardening. Just <laughs> forget it. Just cannot i i just i just don't get it that's why we've got don the gay gardener d-o-double-n he's got two n's from san francisco and he's brilliant and i mark hayes has him now as well that's so <laughs> so, good. yeah i love don yeah I but and don. also and the food like bin the you know the little the, the little food bin i oh. i I hate doing it, but I will do it. But it's extremely upsetting. Like, and I almost cry every time I have to take the, that the gross food bin out to the bigger bin. That shouldn't be anyone's job. See, that's the thing. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No. That's what your housekeeper does that for you. That is the, the, the only thing worse would be wiping your bottom. That would be the only thing that's worse than the food bin. Oh, God, you're going to think I'm a total pervert. I weirdly enjoy doing food compost bin. Because I, well, like, uh, I, like I feel like I'm really doing some good. I feel like I'm, essentially you're creating compost. I feel like I'm putting something back into the world in a good way. It's hugely upsetting. upsetting. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. All right. Um, and so, Georgia, can I ask, so even during lockdown, you didn't take up any kind of other, of the sort of cliche domestic sort of, you know. Oh, like, I had to do it for a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was just ordering so many deliveries. I mean, I'm capable of, like, you know, putting the cutlery in the dishwasher. I'm not dirty bitch like that, but the cardboard would go straight in the bin. Yeah. I, I do have one friend in the first lockdown. I do have one friend who will remain nameless who, for the first time ever, had to figure out how to use her washing machine. Oh, I didn't do that. I had first time in her life. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't because my second couldn't come. Mm -hmm. And then I had to put it, it was went in these big bin bags, and this chap picked it up and it came back. It was actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may, I think I may have mentioned this before. Uh, my toilet seat broke during lockdown, and actually, no. I had to try and get not only get the old toilet seat off, I then had to get the new toilet seat back on. I would not let start. Oh, well, no, honestly, Georgia, I said I would just move house. Well, I, I, I was. <laughs> Uh, the yeah. really embarrassing thing was, it was it, I, I even texted my builder and I said, can you please tell me when you're allowed to start working again? Because I thought, can I ride this out? And it got to about a week. And you know, when the, it was one of those really annoying toilet seat breaks. So it was half on, half off. And it was just really annoying. And, so what and did you do when, when, when you had to, you know, sort of like assume the position? Did you just sort of like hover? <laughs> well, yes, because otherwise you'd have that awful yeah. pinching. You know what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I told you, Georgia, it's it's all highbrow all the time yeah. here. It, yeah. 
this is new, news night, eat your heart out, Georgia. But um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I, but I cannot tell you because just finding the right dimension to my toilets, my toilets are really funny shapes, just finding the right shaped toilet seat and then physically getting this thing off took forever yeah. and then getting it back on. But the sense of achievement afterwards was quite something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> always back to the toilet with us, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> I know. Um, so it, considering all of that, if you want to like, you know, treat yourself to like, having the delayed gratification of, of washing that pan, then I think Toph and I don't mind, really. You you do you. No, carry on. Yeah. You, you yeah. Nicely, after the toilet seat story, you can now see why washing up is such a joy to me. So, you know. Yeah, I really can. Fascinating. More, more wins in life. Anyway, uh, please, if you're listening, everyone, and you think, you big, massive weirdo, James, please feel free to email me and tell me. Uh, we do love hearing from you guys. The usual email address is isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and any suggestions for future topics. So, yeah, get in touch. Yeah, I think, you know, keeping it sort of classy and in the nether regions. I want to talk about underpants, you guys. Is it just me who has underpants where I can spend a good five minutes trying to figure out the front from the back and then giving up and then putting them on and then realising, oh, no, 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 wait, that's the back and having to take them off and put them on again. George is not. That in. happened. It happened to me yesterday, and there was yeah. it, they were labelless. They were labelless. Yes. And um, this is that. my. I mean, is it too much to ask to have some any writing and in the back of them? That I is actually, the unwritten rule. You, Joe, sometimes. I mean, I probably have six, seven pairs of pants that I really, really love, and right. I wear them over and over again. So they're really comfortable, yeah. and they're not so offensive. You know, if I like, accidentally my skirt blew up and someone saw them. It wouldn't be. Oh, like see, a I don't have to think about that because no one, no one wants to see that on me. But they, I guess, there's lots of like the sidebar of shame probably really quite does hope for that from you, but not from me. Yeah. Well, if it did happen, so the yeah. said pair of black lace pants that I'm talking about are in this. I call them top tier rotation pants. Oh so yeah, they're in there. And it's so interesting that you bring up that point. Yesterday, I stood there. And I did have a bit of a sore head, but I was looking at them. And I thought, I love you so much, but which is the front and which is the back. And as the day went on, I obviously did get it wrong because I could feel it. You know <laughs> what I mean? And because yeah. there's, it, they're not, it, for me, it's the ones, they're not, they're not a thong, but they're not a full yeah. brief. So you really can't tell which is the cheese stringy bit. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually see yeah. mine on the floor. They're just there. Like, uh, well, I, the housekeeper hasn't been, I see. Of course, I can actually see them on the floor. Georgia <laughs> Toffolo, are you like my daughter? Are they right next to the laundry bin where they could go in? No, they didn't even make it that far. Can you see them? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, good. there's a bit of a there's a bit of a, a pants graveyard in George's room right now. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know, been since Friday. It's, um, it's not just a girl thing. This I, I have this too. I, there, I have a, there's a style of very famous men's underwear that literally they're black and they look identical from the front and the back, apart from if they you. Can't. You have to find really good lighting where there's but a don't, don't but don't men's underpants have a cubby hole? Yeah, well, they have the willy pouch. They they would normally, but I think this was a trendy experiment by Calvin Klein. I'm just gonna say it now. And they <laughs> they basically produce them. And honestly, I very often go, which is the right way around? Because honestly, but they if are it doesn't have the if it doesn't have like the little pouch, doesn't your willy get squashed? <laughs> well, they're quite a tight sort of because they're more of a kind of boxer brief style. <laughs> you anyway. tuck it under. 
that's the market they were going for. Well, honestly, I'm not yeah. when I say the yeah. tell the back from the front is bearing in mind it's on black. There's literally like they they there's like a, a sort of a small stitched V for the bum, <laughs> and then a slightly smaller one for the crotch. But you know, right. there's no, like you said, whatever happened to a good old fashioned label that tells you how to wash them? And, I mean, and if it's not too personal a question, James, <laughs> did you know after a few wears, do you not sort of like get um, <laughs> like a worn sort of like bulgy bit that, that indicates to you which which way you've worn them before? No, no, because it's a very good, it's a very strong material because obviously they're carbon Klein. Um, See, because but- my husband's a boxer short man, so I've not come across this. Well, no, and also it's not like, they're not like Play-Doh, Joe, where you, you just make an imprint and it stays there when you put them on. Well, that's know? what I, I just would have assumed that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Strapping land like yourself. Oh. <laughs> well, well, maybe not, but that's the problem. <laughs> I'm making no imprint in my pants, oh no. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but a bit like you, Georgia, as a result, because these pants kind of annoy me, they, they are now very much at the bottom of the drawer. And I know if I've been slack on the washing, because when I am forced to wear them, I know you need to do laundry because these pants really annoy you because you can't tell left, <laughs> left from right or front from back. So, so do you have, see, because George, I, I have, I know what you mean. I've got like a few that I really like and think, oh good, it's, but I, I'm really strict about my underpants all getting a turn because I don't want to overwash and overwear any particular one. Oh, are you? Oh, so they go into so so the clean ones go into the drawer right at the bottom, so that I've always got a rotation going on. And as the oh. rule, I just have to suffer the ones I don't like and then be treated no, by the ones I do like. That doesn't work because some, let's be honest, some pants are in there for certain reasons and it ain't to yeah. be worn Monday to Friday. You know, that I like know, but then it's too it, sexy. Oh, but that can be fun when it's their turn because you're the only one oh, who knows. It's they go right up your ass. And you, you just feel so uncomfortable all day. Right. No, they, I, don't, I don't mind that. <laughs> We've no, discussed this before. Mind. A lot of people think I'm very retro because I don't mind a thong. A lot of people are like, I can't believe you're still wearing thongs. Yeah. I do occasionally, yeah. but if it if it's that, they might be seen. Oh, if not, it's yeah. still on Bridget. But Joe, I love you. You're, you're the perfect host. Even you, know, it's like looking after everyone at a dinner party. They all get you know attention. They all yeah. Get- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm good at panel discussions as well. Everybody needs a turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm really strict about that with my underwear. No I think it's really that. wonderful that you do that because they do get lost and forgotten, and it can be a few but, years. but I also I don't want to. Otherwise, you just wear literally the same four ones over and over again, and they'd wear out. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Fun. That can be, that's going to be my take. I'm going to start doing this, Joe. I'm going to start putting my clean ones to the very bottom. But I'm a bit yeah. anal with it, no pun intended, with that. I do that with um, duvet covers, sheets, tea towels. Everything has to get a turn. <laughs> is that weird? It is weird, isn't it? You're, no, you believe in equality, darling. Exactly. You are. I try. I, I try to be fair. Yeah. Well, no, I feel like I might have said too much. Oh, (laughs) that's what this podcast is all about saying too much uh well if you are one of the one of our lovely readers who wears your pants like joe and gives them all a good chance then uh let us know she'd love some reassurance wouldn't you joe give pants a chance chance. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, let's on yeah. uh, the email again is is it just me podcast at gmail do you think i should instagram my underwear drawn out do you think that's just going to invite the wrong sort of attention no i okay. want to see it Maybe all right i'll show it to you george because i know you can be trusted cheeky dm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> marie, marie condo's made a fortune out of this kind of stuff you could do it you could be the yeah. oh she would not like my pants draw there's too much in there because there's a lot in there that doesn't spark joy as well but it's in there <laughs> hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I don't know about you both, but this is something I feel like we need to talk about. So. Is it just me that won't ever, under any circumstances, answer a no caller ID? Oh, God, no. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? Who are these people as well? How do you get no caller ID? How does that even happen? Yeah. Why is it that, you know, who are you to withhold your identity from me (laughs) until I've picked up the phone? You know, what? it's not the 19 bloody 70s, is it? With the, you know, the landline and you just have to pick up and just say, hello. Who is it? That's a you know. good point. So what well, happened? Can you be ex-directory still? Because, you know, where's the payment? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Is it like being verified on like Instagram or Twitter? You can suddenly say, I want to be made no call ID. But, you know, it will. With, I don't know about you, but with me and George, it's going to backfire because I'm never picking up the phone if you, if I don't know who it is. Well, yeah, and then in I some know. circumstances, I'm not picking it up when I do know who it is. Yeah. I mean, I, you see, I have some weird, perverse brain. You see, where I can't help but pick up these calls because uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I'm either a masochist or I like to think maybe I live in a sort of you know very optimistic world in my head. Right, I always think this could be a really exciting call. It's going to change my life rather than it being. Who is this awful person calling me? So has it ever, uh, ever, ever, ever been the former? No, of course not. It's always somebody really <laughs> annoying or a sales call or something that just puts me in a foul mood, but I never ever learn. <laughs> I've got That's a friend like, who I, loves I, the PPE calls and he chats to them for ages. Yeah, it's his thing. 
he absolutely loves it and they talk for hours and hours and he just says well no thank you for the wonderful chat that's it and it's a real thing that he loves doing I but think don't they just bizarre. keep calling because i think if you engage yeah. with the pe people that's it they've got you for life <laughs> i know and do you know anyone that's had a payout from ppe no uh, no, I've heard a lot of faceless people on the radio say they've made £65 million from it. And I, and think I, have, I have been tempted on one occasion to inquire, but then the, the the onslaught of phone calls afterwards, I just couldn't deal with it. So I may well be, be a PPE millionaire. Pardon? Yeah, someone must be earning off it because they've got loads of budget for TV ads. Where's yes. that coming from? Hmm. It's a very good. It's know. a very good point. Very good point. Have either of you noticed this? I, mean, I, I don't even know if you are both retro enough to, like me, but I actually have a landline. Have you noticed oh, though? I that I, but I get a lot now of like nuisance calls on the landline. I think maybe because I'm often not here as much, but obviously during lockdown we've been at home a lot. But I just feel like I get calls from clearly bogus companies. People pretending to be Sky TV. People pretending to be Amazon. And you know they literally go through no security check. They go, "Hello, we're calling from Amazon." <laughs> You owe us money. I'm going. I had I had one from the police recently that said that um, I was 24 hours away from being arrested for some national insurance fraud. I've had that. Yeah. One. I've had that. I one. had. I have one. Yeah. Apparently, they found they found an old car of mine full of drugs, and I had to pay to find out who put the drugs there. God. Yeah. You need some, have you ever had one where you thought, "Oh shit, that sounds quite likely. I better follow up on that." <laughs> I had one about, I had one about my, uh, my national insurance number was being used some, somewhere else. I mean, I don't even know what my national insurance number is, so good luck to them, to be honest. I know exactly. Have at it. Yeah. So this is why we cannot answer these unknown calls. Why put yourself through that? But when I'm at home, so much, so for me, Georgia, see, my landline, very few people have that number. So I, I think it's like my family and my mum's. So I always go to that place when the landline rings. But Are you kidding? Good. Everyone's got that number. Well, it, your your phone number will have been sold to so many marketing lists for the last fifteen years. My phone number's been sullied, Joe. How dare you say that? Yeah, thing? I don't know your landline number. <laughs> I don't even know it. I don't. I no. don't know my landline number. I didn't know mine either. But in case no, no I, I I have to look it up if I ever need to put it down. Yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah. I just no, like it's it's my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law calls for the landline. That's it. But but the uh, the annoying thing I find because at least on your mobile you can block a number. So say for example, because uh, I have noticed now a lot of these companies are using real numbers so rather than having no ID. I think they've realised that people don't answer no ID. So they, they come up looking like a number that's not stored in your phone, and you think, oh, that could mm. be somebody's new phone or whatever. So of course, being me, being me, I always answer those as well. Um, and then it's again, it's always a bogus sales call, but you can at least then block that number from your mobile. But the annoying thing with the landline is they just keep calling. And then you have to unplug it. It is a full time <laughs> job, though, managing <laughs> the inbound phone calls from God knows who they are. And Tom, do, you find, do you find that sort of um, do you have any problems being a celebrity with like randoms getting hold of your phone number? Oh. It's the worst. I think that stemmed why I don't answer anything. I don't even answer telephone numbers that, you know, if it's like an 07 number, a normal one. Oh, yeah. I never answer them. It's always like, hi, Toph. And I'm like, hello, <laughs> hi. But then occasionally it'll be like, hi, you missed your eyebrow appointment. And I'll think, shit, why didn't I answer it? But it's hard to know whether it's someone pranking you or not. And I have had the same number since I was 14. So, you know, it might be an old handsome ex that's getting in touch and I might miss it um but I'd rather take my chances because yeah it's horrendous I think they put them on like forums and people test out whether it actually is oh my god 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, how, yeah. and what do they think? What do they think is going to be your response when they call? That's the other thing. And occasionally, if I do answer one, occasionally they'll just hang up anyway, or they'll go, "Oh my god, she answered!" and then hang up. It's <laughs> <completely> pointless. <laughs> It is weird though, because let's be honest. I mean, I I I, th- I think I speak for pretty much everyone when I say the majority of my friends barely answer phone calls. Like if I call one of my best friends and they know it's me, it's my number, they don't take the call. So yeah. loads of people are just so lazy now they can't be asked to talk, right? So why would a total stranger think you're going to just pick up the phone and, t- and answer their call? It's really my weird. darling. How's things? Like <laughs> <laughs> never. You have to be very, very bold. But like, so how how are things in, in terms of social media? Like, are your um, DMs open? Like, can anyone get in touch with you? Or do you have like a, yeah. do you leave those? Or... I That's how it. this poor cow it. ended up on this podcast. Yeah, see? <laughs> I love it. This of having your DMs open. Yeah, there are some really, I'm actually really lucky with um, my social media. I don't touch wood. I don't get many nasty um, messages. Normally my DMs are a total joy. Yeah, I love it. That's nice. Yeah. Mm, really I've had a I've had a weird weekend, but yeah. We all know. Yeah, sometimes right. it happens. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just gotta close that shit down and come back and exactly. later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, doing this was a tonic you needed, Joe, to get you out of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are nice people in the world. <laughs> Wonderful people. Yeah. And lots of social yeah. media. Sometimes they're a bit more quiet. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I will continue to to never answer. I had a no caller ID on Friday, and I still don't know who it is. And I figure if if it's life or death, I'll I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, look, Toff, thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, thank I think hey, well, thanks for having your DMs open so Joe Elvin can make you do this. They're very grateful for that. He slid yeah. on in, and I slid over to the podcast. It was in one fell <laughs> yeah, swoop. Exactly. <laughs> Look how easy it is. Just get in touch with Tom, everyone. She'll answer. <laughs> Ready and waiting. <laughs> yeah. uh, and good luck with the books, Tom. Not the union. Well, you, good luck with the writing Thank the last you. few. And good luck with them. They sound great. Um, and, Thank uh, you. Joe Elvin, always delight to see you too. Yeah, it is, isn't it? No, it's lovely to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll, be, we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.